Welcome to the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? I'm fantastic. How are you, Marco? Fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> Maybe not that fabulous, but Aww. whatever. We're here. We're having fun. We have some beverages. Speaking of beverages, this is our 10th episode. Woohoo! So to do something a little bit different for the 10th episode... I decided to put out a survey poll, whatever, on our Instagram account, on the Instagram stories, asking, what should we drink tonight? How'd it go? Interesting. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. The recommendations were all over the map. Some of the leading contenders uh, that we aren't drinking tonight were Tiki drinks, Mai Tais, specifically Mai Tais, which even though those, I think those are Tiki drinks. I think they are, too. And I think I have a tiki book full of drinks that would agree with us. Yes, but we had several come out that were just specifically Mai Tais versus other ones that were tiki drinks. Margaritas were up there, including one of our friends put out margaritas, but her husband's known for his margaritas. And because everyone is sheltering in place, it's not like he's he's running over and making us margaritas tonight. Now, if he wants to be our bartender when that is all lifted and come on over when we're recording, make us margaritas for our recording sessions. This is a good idea. This is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'd go for it or not. They can swim in the pool. There you go. Trade off. Among all those good ideas, there were some bad ideas, such as what should we drink while we're recording tonight? An electric scooter manufactured in Scandinavia. Yes. It fit in my straw. Sounds great. It's like, look, if you're going to spam my social media account, at least answer the question. Like, maybe you should drink vodka shots. And oh, by the way, would you like to test drive our electric scooter? (laughs) Sure, maybe I will drink vodka shots. And if you send me an electric scooter, maybe I will try test driving it. But at least answer the question. I mean, it could be fun. We also, you know, among the suggestions on what we should drink tonight, we had the recommendation of a Bulgarian athlete. Dude, no. some people might think you're a tall drink of water, but that's not really what we were going for with beverages. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shameless just trying to get followers on social media. Look, we want followers too, but come on. When we're asking what we should drink tonight, give us a, suge- a suggestion on what we should drink tonight. We honestly, we're paying attention. So, Jessica, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a Bloody Mary. It's fantastic. What's in it besides like, you know, tomato juice and hot sauce and stuff? It has kettle one in it. Really branching out there with the artisan vodkas. No. Whatever. Sorry. It's getting the job done. Mixed with with tomato juice, so don't need to be fancy. Yeah. Marco, what are you having? You know what? It kind of sounds a little bit boring here in the Midwest, but an old fashioned. Old fashions are always. Old fashioned with bullet rye whiskey. Look, we've been sheltering in place for a while now, so, you know. Can't use up all the good... Right, we we can't really get anymore without having to don masks and gloves and venture out into the uh, world. My favorite rye whiskey is only available one day a week, <laughs> and you've got to drive across the county to go get it. <laughs> then you have to go stand in line, which it hasn't been that great out on the one day a week, although... This time when they do it, this week, it's going to be beautiful, and I want to go enjoy the outdoors. I want to go kayak. I want to run. I want to ride my bike. I do not want to stand in line for whiskey, even though it is my favorite rye, rye whiskey. Not naming at this point because they're not sponsoring us. Yeah. Is Kettle One sponsoring us? No. Is Bullet sponsoring us? No. No. Is Dole, who made the celery that's sticking out of your Bloody Mary, sponsoring us? 
Sadly, no. No, get some of that Dole money. <laughs> some of that Chiquita Banana. Is Chiquita Banana Dole? Uh, they two different companies? I don't know. I don't know. know. I'd have to Google it. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, cheers, sweetie. Cheers! All right, before we dive into the main topic of the night, let's do an update on the Red Arrow Challenge. Red Arrow Challenge, we just wrapped up week two. Week three is currently in progress, but I believe those week two champs need to be honored. I don't know if we're going to dedicate a big chunk of the podcast every week to this, but it's just kicking off. We've got the champs listed up on the website. The champs were also honored in a Instagram story, and they're also on our Facebook page. But hey, it's only week two, so let's give them some props. The week two champions were in the falling divisions. For swim. Gator Boy, 20 to 29, and overall, and only. Gator Boy is probably, or is so far, the only person in our competition who has access to a pool, apparently, or access to a pool and a keyboard to enter his data. Yeah. Or her, but I'm assuming Gator Boy is a boy. I assume too, but you never know. You never know. And boy is spelled B-O-I. Boy. Because it's cool like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Running. Nine and under. Vivian. 10 to 19. Ronin runs. 20 to 29. Super Mario. 30 to 39. Abel or Abel. 40 to 49. Marsh. And 50 to 59. J-Mar. And no one from the 60 to 69 and up divisions competed. For walking. Nine and under, Morgan 33, way to go. 10 to 19, Ella Z08. 20 to 29, Smytha. 30 to 39, S Weaver or Sweaver. We didn't even get to talk about that one last week. Sweaver is new on the board. Let's go with Sweaver. Sweaver, I like it. 40 to 49, H squared. 50 to 59, Bill. Our 60 to 69 year olds did not turn in everything. There must have been some good award show or was what was on? Masked Singer? What's on on Sunday night that might have distracted them? The Simpsons. The Simpsons or Monday night even. Something on CBS. That's what old people watch. <laughs> 70 to 79. No, no, Don. For biking on road. Nine and under. Vivian. 10 to 19. Running runs. Running runs also bikes apparently. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, Cyclopath. I love that name. 40 to 49, Try Try Again. 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. Our 60 to 69 year olds were MIA. Missing in action. 70 to 79, No No Don. And we have no members in the 80 to 89 or 90 and up. For biking off road. Fewer participants in this one. 10 to 19, Allie. 20 to 29, we had a tie between Smytha and Super Mario. No 30 to 39-year-olds. 40 to 49, Cyclone. 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. And that was it. None of the 60 and up did it. For sit-down paddling. Nine and under, we had a tie. Morgan 33 and Sophie 33. Then nothing going on in the other age categories until we get to 50 to 59 with A.R. Miller. Stand up paddling. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. Nobody in the 30 to 39 age range. But then at 40 to 49, Peetster. Followed by 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Skating. Nine and under, Lil Marsh. 10 to 19, JoJo. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. Those 30 to 39-year-olds were boring. They were on the couch. I don't know what was going on with them. 
But 40 to 49, Coach T. Cross country skiing. Nobody did cross country skiing. Shocking. Hockey. No hockey. The rinks are closed down. Points. Nine and under, Vivian. 10 to 19, Run and Runs. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, Abel or Abel or however we're saying that. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. None of our 60 to 69 year olds participated. Lame. 70-79, no-no done. And then there were the featured members. This dude named Marco beat his wife Jessica in points in everything except for biking. How'd that go? Well, I thought it went really well until just now. How did you beat me? Um, I really like to bike. Apparently. I guess I squeaked out one extra bike ride over What did you. you do in week two? I rode my bike a whole bunch. Clearly. And I uh, did a lot of walking on the treadmill. Okay. I did running, walking, biking, and skating, which is clearly how I beat you on points because I did a little bit of everything. Yeah. I'm not brave enough to break it, bust out. Hmm. I'm not brave enough to bust out my old rollerblades. <laughs> I'm worried I'll break something. Is that why one is in the garage and one is in the basement? Yeah. Is it like a safety procedure? It's some sort of like nuclear co- codes where we keep them in separate places. It's got the two keys where... One person can't do it with both hands. Yes. But keep the roller bikes where you physically can't have one foot. But one of the children sort of ruined it for me. Kid number four magically appeared with my missing, my roller blade from the basement and said, here you go, mommy. She's awesome. Oh, that's nice. Marco, how did your week two go? You know what? My week two went rather well. I was uh, was nervous because it got off to a shaky start, but really poured it on afterwards. My week three, on the other hand, uh, got off to a strong start, but it's it's been rough. And today was the uh, grocery shopping trip to the grocery store and uh, the big box warehouse thing. Costco. <coughs> yeah. Went there. And so that kind of sucked up a big part of my day going through the personal hygiene, sanitation routine of Clorox wipe everything that I touched and putting the gloves on and off and the mask and the hand sanitizer and extra washing and oh, well, it's a lot of steps. We're all turning into germaphobes. Yep. Kind of messed up uh, today, especially was not ideal. Uh, I'm hoping we've got some great weather coming in the next three days. I can finish this week strong and not drift off too much. That'd be great. It would be great. How's your week three going? Week. Week three is uh, actually kind of boring for me. We went on a really long bike ride, and that was excellent because we, like, traveled across. What? I'm laughing because, like, we went on a long bike ride, and then the next day I went on one that was 10 miles longer. We went on a long bike ride for us together. You have a racing bike, and I have a bike that looks like it's from the 50s. I do not have a racing bike. I have a touring bike. Whatever. It goes faster. Anyone who actually does racing would look at it and go, blow the pants off that and remind the fact that it looks like everybody else's racing bike at the tries but okay all right anyways we went on a really long bike ride where we went across town and we wound up at one of the best pizza places in the county where yeah, we so have good beer too did not get beer or pizza because neither of us could figure out how to get it home in the rain on a bike uh but after that it's been pretty much just me on the treadmill I did try and go out the other day, and I managed to make it one lap around the neighborhood before I had to quit, because it was about 35 degrees outside, and raining a little tiny bit, and very windy. 
It's just too cold for me. So pure Michigan. Back on the treadmill. Where's Tim Allen with that commercial? Yeah. No. It's the end of April. It's spring. Blossoms are springing. The birds are laying eggs. And it's about to snow. They don't like to advertise that part about Michigan. It's all right, because it could snow in the morning and it could be 80 degrees in the afternoon, because this place is... I think Robin Williams did a great skit about it, and it's like, it's 80, it's 40, it's 60, it's 20, it's malaria. <laughs> it's not a climate. Pure Michigan. Anyway... I can't wait to see how week three turns out. Uh, we got a few more days, and then that data will pour in, and hopefully we'll get a few more people to join. We've had a few more join already this week. Awesome. So we're up to, we've got about 100 people participating in this challenge. That's so exciting. Yes. For our main feature tonight, when we were brainstorming this, Jess and I were, were, were talking to each other and we're putting it together. We really wanted to pick up where we left off with goal setting because as we move through the segments of this podcast, we want to go through the process of how to build your own improvement program. And while we do have the Red Arrow Challenge and a lot of it is already built into that for you, you really should be able to apply this to the rest of your life. And so we left off with goal setting, and we were trying to figure out how do we develop this for the masses in a non-technical sense? Because we can we can totally nerd out. We can do a super technical podcast. We can do a super technical instruction. Like, you know, she and I have both taught at the college level and graduate level. But people who want to receive that have college professors. The general audience does not want to listen to that level, type of instruction. And that's not really what we're here to do. So as we were batting around ideas back and forth, we started, well, what do we do? What, you know, what are th some of the things we do when we're setting up goals? And part of that is we sign up for races throughout the summer and fall. Something on the calendar to train towards. Things that I have to work out because otherwise I'm going to make a fool of myself. I'm going to waste my time. I'm going to waste my money. I'm going to get looks where while they're probably encouraging from the people, we're going to self-internalize that as, oh, they just think that person doesn't belong here. Yep. You know, even though that's probably not what's really going on with that person, but it's that, that sense you get, that little voice you get in the back of the head telling you that that's what's going on. So by putting these on the calendar and signing up, it's like, I have to train. I have to do my workouts every day. Otherwise, this won't go well. I'll either hurt myself or I'll make a fool of myself or I just won't be happy with myself. So as we tease this out a little bit more, it just really became, and cue your Von Trapp vocals here, a few of our favorite things. So in terms of a few of our favorite things in regards to races and what we look for, and you know, with our summer racing club, our newsletter for that, we've had north of 150 events in the Midwest, usually close by to where we are, featured out there for the members to find because you know, as a coach, I'd have my middle school and high school runners going, yeah, coach, I would do a race in the summer, but there's nothing near us. And so it's like, um, the hell there isn't. <laughs> Look at all these things that are near us. And it's not just run. I mean, it's 
it is running, but it's running, and there's run walks, and there's swims, and bikes, and there's obstacle courses, and there's adventure courses, and there's all sorts of stuff going on. Get out there. Be active. And of course, we go through this. It's not just a list to kind of get for the high school kids. We would go through the list, and sometimes we're on a long car trip with the family, and Jess would sit there with the list and Google everything, and it's like, what do we want to do? So as we would go through these races and we would look for things, we, we kind of had an idea of what we want and what we don't like. We've done plenty of races and plenty of events. So to kick this off, Jess, if for your ideal event, your ideal race, what are some of the features you would look for if it was the perfect event? My ideal race has a fun theme. So if you say that you're going to throw color and glitter at me when I cross the finish line, I'm going to sign up for that. Or if your race um, has dancing teddy bears or something in it, I'm going to sign up for that. That sounds like a Grateful Dead tour. It, it does. I forgot about bit. them. Um, okay. Like if you've got a super fun cartoon character, like um, what, there was like a Grinch race, I think, around Christmas time. There's been a few, yes. Last year, or Dr. Seuss or something. Anyways, I saw that, and I was like, this is going to be so amazing, because they encouraged you to sort of dress up to participate in the theme as you went running down the 5K path. Um, I think Chicago had one a while back that it was a Christmas race, it was a Santa-themed race, yes! and it was like the first 50 people that signed up, or first 100, or so many people that signed up, they actually received a free Santa costume with their Perfect. registration. Beard and all. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking to, to see how fun the race is going to be for me, because for me, as somebody that absolutely hates to run, I really need my 5Ks to be, to, I really need my 5Ks to have an interesting, amusing theme, to get me motivated, to get me excited to do it. What about decades? Like decades 80s, are wonderful. 70s? Yeah, I'll 90s. do those too. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The imagination can run wild with the costume for that. That and it's fun to people watch at these things because, like, we did a um, we did a zombie race uh, two years ago. Well, I've done it a few times. Okay, tomorrow, but, yeah. but you and I did it two years ago, and some people sort of dressed up like zombie, and they had like okay face paint and okay costumes, and they sort of tried. But there were some other people that went. Full out special effects makeup. They were absolutely terrifying. They had the matching, very super detailed costumes. And then they were walking with like some sort of slow motion limp thing. And if they caught you staring at them, they would sort of scream at you. And it was amazing. Um, so that really gets me excited about my races. Awesome. Anything else? Yes. Uh, I like for my races to give me a finisher medal. I like to have bling at the end. I think it's fun. I find it to be very motivating, and I like to wear it around, and I like to show it off. I'm laughing because, well, yes, you you know, bling is great, but out of the two of us in, in our adulthood going through these races, out of the two of us, the one to come home with the most actual placing in the top three and bringing home awards that way, the one who's done it the most is you. So not only do you get finisher medals, a lot of these things you come home with double medals yeah that's exciting or too. a medal finisher medal and a plaque or a finisher medal and some other trinket for finishing in the top three mm -hmm. 
I enjoy it. I think they're great. I think all races should give you at least a finisher medal, and if you manage to place, you should also get some sort of exciting reward. Oh, I'm not it. knocking the finisher medal, because I do love my finisher See? medals too, especially if they're fun, but the fact that you're like, well, it's got to have a finisher medal. Yeah, but you so often, when especially when it's right in your wheelhouse, especially the aqua bikes, you end up with the, the major award, although we need to find one that gives out a leg lamp for the major award at the end. That would be yes. awesome. We probably she, wouldn't come home with it, but it'd just be hilarious to take a photo. That would be an amazing motivator for me. Somebody needs to be listening into this idea <laughs> and then make it happen. Uh, let's see. I also really like it when the races give you shirts. I think most of them do now. Most do. Um, there are a few uh, that don't. I do like there is a race series here in Michigan that's Run Michigan Cheap where they've eliminated the finisher medals and the shirts and all the swag and it's just a timed race which is great if you're just looking for a timed race but most of the especially the fun themed ones the ones that you would enter yeah they've got the t-shirt the finisher medal all the swag the sponsor stuff yep i definitely need the swag so the shirt the medal the stickers sometimes there are stickers um with the energy gels no actually drinks. those i just i sort of give away i don't really care too much about the food they put in there or the energy drinks or the, the whatever granola bars granola bars i'll eat but um some of the other stuff not so much let's see clean bathrooms are huge on my list i'm a bathroom snob and i need for there to be somewhere clean for me to go I'm laughing. Porta potties don't count. Well, I'm laughing because you were doing a triathlon, uh, was it last summer, the summer before? And we were standing on a ridge, and off in the distance, uh, you had to cross, like we were on the far side of transition. You had to go around transition on the other side of the field from transition. There were the row of porta potties, and kid number two desperately had to go. He was doing <laughs> the PP dance and everything. I'm like, look, buddy. I mean, he was old enough, like, I'm here with, I've got all the kids. Just go over there. I can watch you run the whole way. I can watch you go in. I can watch you come out. So he took off running, and he's a good little runner. And he takes off, and he's clenching his cheeks as much because, yeah. He gets in there. He goes into the porta potty and comes almost immediately straight back out and just shaking his head the whole way across the field. And he comes over and he's like, that thing is disgusting. I don't blame him. Well, no kidding. A, a triathlon's in progress, and I know what runners do to destroy porta potties. Yeah. Uh, so he held it for the rest of your race, and then we went back uh, to the post-race party and awards, and then we finally went out for lunch, and at lunch he finally used the bathroom. So it was so disgusting that he held it. I don't blame him at all. That's I don't what blame I do, at all. too. But you're also the one where we, at one point, we worked for a civil engineering enterprise, we'll say, without giving it away, and we were tasked with... This is when we were still dating, or we had just gotten engaged. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, they put us on the team together. I had been doing construction inspection and, and field inspection and field engineering for quite a while. Um, I think it was like my fifth year of it. You would come on, and you were supposed to be on the survey crew, and the um, senior engineer went, you know, we got this, this special environmental study project going on, and we want you to go do it. Like, great, because I'm tired of being the lowest paid guy on the staff doing the big multi-million dollar projects. And I just want to, you know, if I'm going to get paid the same, I might as well go be on the survey crew. He's like, well, we're going to send you on this. I'm like, awesome. But we realized that, and this was, what, 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Something like that. 
Yeah, it was like 20 years ago. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, if you fall in a ravine, you've got a radio, but it doesn't always work. And the cell phones, I think it was Nextel at that point. They were awful. Those were terrible. Oh. So we want to send somebody with you. I'm like, cool, I'll get the, you know, we got a second year guy. He cut his teeth on the survey crew last year. and send him out with me. I'm like, no, we're going to send that, that new girl, Jessica, with you. I'm like, all right, well, you do realize. And actually, when I was having this conversation, we hadn't started yet. So I'm like, you realize that's my girlfriend. And the senior engineer is like, is that a problem? <laughs> no, <laughs> clearly not. If you don't see a problem and HR doesn't see a problem, you're going to send me out in a organization labeled vehicle with my girlfriend for the summer reporting to people two hours away remotely and oh by the way they had locked down the internet so anytime we had to do email or enter data we had to go to one of our houses because we weren't allowed to do that at the office yep sure but so we're out doing this environmental study through the back creeks and everywhere throughout michigan and anytime Jess had to go use the restroom. There's not, she's not a pee in the woods kind of person. I am not. Not a gas station as soon as we find civilization again kind of person. It's like, oh, there's a real bathroom an hour away. I guess we're stopping in. (laughs) What's funny is the beginning of the summer, we were working hard, but you couldn't do it uh, right after it rained because we're looking for illegal dumping. So it rained a lot, and we were, out of the teams across the state, we were one of the worst-performing teams in terms of completion of everything we had to do. (laughs) And the second half of the summer, we were goofing off almost the whole summer, and, like, we were farther from home, and it was an hour down there. We do a little work, and then suddenly Justin's got to go to the bathroom, so it's an hour back home to use a bathroom, then an hour back to go complete the work. So we don't know what you guys did. But suddenly you were the top performing team. Not only did you make up for lost time, you outpaced everybody. You beat everybody. It's like, holy crap, we just goofed off the whole summer. And it was long drives to get you to the bathroom. Yep. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Whatever. It still paid the same. Right. So clean bathrooms are a must for me. It's uh, it's actually not very common. Clearly. Very clean bathroom. But anyway, what? anything else? I need for the course... To be marked really, really well. Um, I get super nervous, and sometimes I actually have a panic attack during, um, like with the aqua bikes or the triathlons if I'm in the water. Anyways, it's a story for a different day. So I need things to be marked really, really well because I am terrified of getting lost and going off course and winding up somewhere in the world, and I don't know how to get back to where I'm supposed to be. Do you realize one of your daughter's favorite races that you do? that she can't wait to do with you is one where the buoys for the swim portion are not just marked with the normal orange buoys or the big yellow pyramids, but they also have giant unicorns and sea serpents to swim around. Yep. And she thinks it's so awesome and magical out there that she wants to go with you. Because it is. Well, you can't miss them. I mean, it, it helps. See? The course is marked. I know that I need to aim for the unicorn. The thing unicorn. is like 15 to 20 feet tall. It doesn't... You're not climbing on it. You're just well, shooting you for it so that you can then swim around it. It's fine. But even... I mean, the water is relatively easy to mark. There's giant buoys, and then there are also lifeguards along the way that sort of point at you and say, keep going that way. And... Uh, that you can follow all the other swimmers. With the biking, once you get away from transition, maybe a mile or so down the road, you're kind of on your own. At least I am. Um, and I that's when I really get terrified that I'm going to get lost because sometimes 
there's not any signs until you go that first mile or three miles or something down the road. Um, and then maybe there's a sign or maybe there's a person that says, yeah, you got to turn here and go on this road instead of that one over there. And that's that's very helpful. So I like for there to be signs. I like for the road to be marked. I like for there to be people out there saying, yeah, go this way, turn right, turn left, do something. Same thing with uh, running. I am very afraid of running the, the wrong way because I know that if I get lost, it's going to take me that much longer doing a walk run to get back to where I need to be. And I just hate that part of triathlons. I don't want to do it longer than I need to. So I really don't want to get lost. That's basically it. Um, and then there, at the end of the race, there really needs to be water, which I think everybody gives you water. And also, I really like it when there's food at the end of the race. Um, I like it when there's fruit. And there are a couple of the Aquabites, Aquabikes that I've done have ha actually have a waffle bar at the end. And let me tell you, there is nothing better than a waffle after you do a big race and you're super proud of yourself and you've earned it. Mm -hmm. Slathered in syrup. It's amazing. Sweet. Yeah. Marco, what makes your ideal race? You know what? First thing I wanted to see is I want it to be welcoming to all. Uh, elite athletes are welcome, weekend warriors, and the folks who are just out for a good time. Something that really, you know, not just, well, oh, we'll take your money, but really, truly is welcoming to all of them. Corrals are fine. Actually, that's better because the elite athletes really should be racing each other. That middle tier should be racing each other, and then the all the people at the end. But don't just cater to the elite athletes and then take the money from the second and third tier. Also cater to them. Make sure they have a great time. Make, you treat everybody equally, but then segregate them out so that the, the top tier can have a good race, the middle tier can have a good race, and that bottom tier can just have a fun time. Yeah. Uh, part of that also leads to the next point, is being well-organized and well-executed. Making sure you're catering to each level of athlete is important. And the motivations for people being there are all different. Some are there because they're sponsored and they're being paid to be there. Good for them. Kudos. I think my point in my life of ever having that opportunity is well since past. But, you know, mm -hmm. if somebody wants to pay to slap their logo on my shirt, I'll go do it. Uh, but I am not an elite performance athlete. I am in my 40s. I am recovering from being over 300 pounds, so whatever. But, you know, be organized. And I, look, my, my specialty is in organizational psychology on the behavioral side. Uh, I get made fun of a lot of times when I, when I complain about cross-country meets or track meets when I show back. I'm like, that was the worst organized thing ever. And the athletic director's like, look, we don't all have a PhD. Well, no crap, but... <laughs> You know, between high school sports as an athlete and years of coaching, and it's just like, look, I know when I when I've been to a poorly executed track meet or cross country meet. Same thing with races I've been in. And if you've been in several races, you know when you show up, some are run really, really well and organized well, and there's a lot of time and effort into that. It's really thankless. Uh, a lot of times, it's taken for granted, but. When it's done right, you know it. And so if you do see the race organizers or even a volunteer there or a staffer, thank them because those are the great events. Uh, to really organize it and execute it, there's been planning, there's effort into that, and I appreciate that. I want them to be friendly. I want the staff to be helpful. 
there's been way too many events I've gone through with this test. Like, I'm just a volunteer. I don't know what's going on. Well, then why the hell are you here? And really, people who are overseeing you should have trained you better, given you better instruction to help us. I don't like surprises. I think, though, we've had some where we've shown up where uh, things were not quite as advertised. Yeah. Which I hate that. I hate ones where I've signed up and I've spent a boatload to do, say, a Kai try, and they've had a they changed it for whatever reason to uh, duathlon. Well, that's not what I signed up for. But oh, well, you got to do it, or you don't get any money back. But that's not what I signed up for. If you can't give me what I signed up for, give me a refund. Yep. The other part of that too, though, is I did a race once where they um, they did not. Actually, I've done this a few times where I've signed up and they haven't posted the map. And then you show up and there's still no map. And one was really bad because we got to the start line and then they start describing the route. And they're laughing because it's an inside joke for that event that I had didn't know about until I ran it. That once you pass the two mile marker, you ran over a dune and the last mile plus of a 5K was pinned and they have flags pinning you to the shoreline within pretty much a 10 foot window between the water and the sand so you're running on a a a slope down to the water so you're and we're heading south so that right leg really hurt because it was it was a pretty dramatic slope down to the water and you couldn't get up under the flat of the beach and run in the loose sand because the flags pinned you in Folks who had done this event before knew it, but because they didn't post the map and they didn't even have the map at the start of the race, I felt like that was false advertising and the, you know, oh, was, and especially it was advertised as it was supposed to be a race around the zoo. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't around the zoo. I thought it'd be going past animal cages and everything. That's what some, I thought too when you signed up for it. There's ones in uh, other cities and other locations where you actually do run past the animals at the zoo. Mm-hmm. This one was around the property. Uh, like literally around the outside in the neighborhoods around the outside off property, it benefited the zoo. Uh, and then you turned and you went down the beach and I'm like, this isn't what I signed on for. And when I went, got my water at the two mile mark, I'm like, cool, turn, go over the dune. We're going to go through some more neighborhoods. It's like, nope, sand, 1.1 miles of sand oh, on a slope leaning at, a, at like lost. a 30 degree angle. That sucked. I would have absolutely lost my mind. The lack of a map, the mystery before a race, and then having to run on the beach without expecting it or training for it. Nope. So no (laughs) surprises. Let people know what's going on. Uh, I also like them to be scenic or interesting, whether it's the theme like you were talking about, or just pretty or something to look at or nice. Whether that's on the bike ride, it's on the run, if it's a kayak piece, have something cool, you know, you know, just kind of take it in for a moment and go, wow, this is great. There's something cool here. Or have the theme. If you've got a boring venue, great. Make a great theme. We've done plenty of like that where it's the lights and sounds and music. It's great. Uh, but something noteworthy about it. If I wanted it to just be boring, 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 I would do the 3200 meter <laughs> in uh track and field where it's eight laps around the track or a 5k on a 400 meter track location 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 uh if you've got an amazing race and it's in the other part of the world i'm not gonna make it i look i got four kids i got a job i got a wife we would love to do destination races all the time 
we really get in uh, ones that we travel to maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. Otherwise, they've got to be within driving distance of home. We're we're probably not getting, you know, even with the close to home and probably another one or two that have hotel rooms, most of them we're driving to that day. And then last but not least, it's got to be fun because it's motivational workout uh, and it's got to be something I look forward to. So I've got to find it to be fun and enjoyable. And if I come home just going, that was miserable. And there have been some of those. Well, there have been some of those. And it's kind of like even when I ran cross country as a kid, and a lot of times my runners, uh, now that I coach, while they're running it, this is miserable. This sucks. I hate this. And as soon as they cross the finish line, and even within like five minutes after finishing, it's like, that wasn't so bad. I can do that again. I can do better. I'm the same way as an adult. However, that five minutes after crossing the finish line going, that sucked. I never want to do that again. <laughs> I'm probably not going to spend money to do that again. Yep. So I've got to find it enjoyable, something there that was makes me want to come back. Are there aspects that you would rather avoid? Features you hate? Pet peeves? Not your cup of tea? Well, I feel like running through the ideal race, I kind of nailed some of these. But, you know, to kind of list them off, uh, I don't want to go to a disorganized race. I don't want to go to a poorly organized event. Especially, that's kind of like my tolerance for that depends on how much I just paid to do this. If it was a free event, a $10, $25 event, I'm going to be more tolerant to how disorganized or poorly organized, poorly executed the event was. If I'm spending $50, $100, $200, $300 to do this event, it better be top tier. Yeah. Customer service at any level, treat the people who are paying to your event well. If you're treating us awful, we're not going to be back. I also don't want it to be just for super serious athletes only. I'm not a super serious athlete. I'm a very dedicated athlete. Uh, I'm someone who's working on health and wellness. I'm not really there to, it's first place or no place. You know, it's, look, I'm here to be a better version of me. I'm trying to beat my own time. If I can beat some other people along the way, eh, so what? If I've got enough breath, to yell good job to the person running next to me, I will. Uh, most of the time, I'm too exhausted to do it. <laughs> but I've had plenty of people, as I was going and running along, to ran as they passed me, say, good job, keep going. And I'd like to do that to people, too, when I can. And I've, you know, as I've lost weight and I've gotten in better shape, I have more conditioning, so I can do that. And it's part of paying it forward. But if we're only talking about the elite athletes with the, you know, 5,000, 10,000 bicycles and, you know, or $5,000, $10,000 bicycles and high-end stuff and great. They're super awesome. And I love, I, I just kind of appreciate and I'm in awe of what they do. But if you're only catering to them, you're not going to be in business long. Yep. And because you're not going to have my business and you're not going to have a lot of other people's business too. Cater to all. Let those elite athletes go out, give them their space. Let us sit back and appreciate the hard work that those athletes have put in to get to that level. But if you're only going to really cater your services to them and you're just going to take the money from everybody else, mm -hmm. I don't think that's right. I think, honestly, I think you're a crook. I think it's crooked. Uh, I, I don't think you'll be in business long. I don't. I wish you wouldn't be in business long. I'd rather see the companies, the enterprises, the organizations who are going to cater to all the athletes and treat them all the same. If they're going to put forward that level of effort and pay the money, treat them with respect. 
Treat them with respect also applies to delivering as advertised. We kind of hit on that already. Uh, and also in a pet peeve is when they fail to enforce race etiquette. I yes. did one. I did this one. Is such a big deal. I did one. And that's part of letting those elite athletes just go and giving them corrals. I love it when there's corrals. Some mm-hmm. people hate it. I love it. Because let those elite athletes go and let them be free to have their race. And the next year, and the next year, and on down the line, let them have their race. I did one last summer, and it was a big race. And I went, and I'm there, ready to run. And we were in Chicago. We're along the lakeshore. And I've got, like, seven people wide walking arm in arm. Arm in arm? And they're walking, and I'm like, I'm trying to run a race here. And they, I don't know what corral they were in. They were one several steps ahead of me, but like, there's no, they had no business out in a corral ahead of me. There's nowhere for me to run. I'm, there's a uh, cement retaining wall on one side, Lake Michigan on the other. Look, I am too old to jump something four feet high to run past them and jump back down. So I'm stuck there walking behind these people, you know, kind of grumping at them. And it's just ruining the event for me. Race etiquette would be move over, give space to the people who are actually running. I was so frustrated that I did triathlons that summer and chi tries that summer where my run portion was significantly faster in the, the three event sports races then it was in that 5K, that standalone only 5K, because I got stuck behind all these slow people. And it wasn't just one set of people, because as soon as that opened up, I went around them. And then I got to another group where I was stuck behind a bunch of walkers who were holding hands. And it's like, are you kidding me? Or a mob of people walking. Because they started us out in corrals, but then they decided shoving people wherever because they wanted to start the race and get it moving. Mm-hmm. Poor organization, poor execution. And lastly, uh, I hate it when the start and the finish are far apart, especially for a triathlon, because you got to go round up all your gear. Yeah. I mean, I've hated it when you've had races like this, where it's like, I've got to, because when you have a race, I'm your pit crew. You are, because you're awesome at it. But also, my bike is really heavy, and I can't lift it on and off the car. I just can't. But I hate when I, I've got to unload it, i got to manage the kids, and then getting the kids to the start line. And there's one race you've done a few times where the start line is a half mile away from where we park and where the finish line is. Oh. So getting the bike off, and while you go check in and get your timing bracelet and everything, uh, I'm pumping up your tires and everything, but then we got to get you a half mile down to transition. And I've got to get four kids down there Yeah. to watch Mommy be awesome. Which she is. But, and then once you go, it's part of the race course, and I've got to get four kids back down to the finish to watch you finish without interrupting runners and bikers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I really don't want to mess with these people because they've paid good money to run their race and they should be entitled to their race. But, holy cow, a double-wide jogging stroller with two other stragglers. (laughs) I'm constantly going, get off the street, get off the street. But I'm also trying to be on the street because it's hard to go through grass or when the street ends and it's suddenly on a slope and it's a double white stroller it's like come on oh but as i sit here and whine jessica what are your pet peeves yes my time to whine um let's see i do not like when the course map is a secret i don't like surprises i don't like secrets i want to know everything there is to know about the courses that i'm going to run or bike 
or swim across. I, I don't, I, I need to know beforehand what I can reasonably expect to happen in the middle of this race. And this is both because I'm afraid of getting lost and also because it helps knowing everything that I can about the race and the course map helps lower my anxiety to a manageable level. Um, when there are surprises where like suddenly the swimming is way over here and the course is extremely weird looking and not at all like it looked last year, I am going to freak out over that. And I don't like that. So I, no secrets, don't do it. I will say as a psychologist, as a coach, it is much easier for me to calm down my high school and middle school athletes when we get surprises, when we show up and it's like, okay, they've changed the course since last year. We had this last year um, with the, the triple E thing with the oh. mosquitoes where suddenly they were modifying courses that had been the same for years and years and years. We would show up. There was one we showed up on a Saturday morning. They had changed it Friday night and didn't bother to tell us or wow. any of the other teams. So I'm prepping the kids to just roll with the changes. That's easier for a middle school or a high schooler. When you're an adult and when it's your wife, I don't care what kind of like training you've had clinically. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you almost need to just hand her a glass of wine, but you can't before she doesn't try half the wine. So get your credit card ready because she's going to want to drink afterwards. Yes. Anyway. Um. Let's see. I also don't like when the races and the courses are disorganized or poorly managed. I think that Marco did a pretty good job covering all of that. So I'm going to sort of skip over it. In other words, I didn't shut up. Well, no, it's okay. I don't like when there are cheaters. <laughs> I don't like when there are cheaters. And it is blatantly obvious that people are cheating and yet their scores are still allowed to stand. I'll give you an example of this. Okay. We went and we did a, a 5K through a very lovely farm slash vineyard, right? Oh, I know which one you're talking about. So I'm out there. I hate, I hate running, okay? This is very important that you understand how much I hate it. But um, this particular race had a really awesome end of the race. Can I inject for a minute? Yeah, you can. All right. So this specific course is a invitation. It's on a course that it's an invitational that my cross country team goes to every year. It's at one of the high schools. Uh, actually, it's a hike for us, but we go up there. The high school's cross country courses at one of the local vineyards slash orchards slash farms. It is a working agricultural site. The course is awesome. It puts the country in cross country because you're running through the fields. So there's wooded sections, there's vineyards, there's orchards, there's sunflower fields, there's everything, corn. It's amazing. Uh, but it's when we look at the times, you can't compare it against anything else because most of the courses, yeah, they got some hills and whatnot, but they're relatively flat. This thing is all over the map. The terrain's all different. You can't really compare it against any of the wooded courses. You can't compare it against the fields. You can't compare it against some of the hilly courses. It's just, it's everything. So we ran this thing in the summer, deciding like, you know what? The kids run it all the time. I need to go run it. Right. And they and had, I brought my wife. And they had amazing after-race beverages. Well, we'll get to that. Right. So that's why I signed up for it, though. See? Motivation. Um... So I'm doing this race and I'm busting my ass to get through it because honest to God, I thought I was going to die through most of it with the variations in terrain and the hills and the whatevers. 
And at one point, I'm running through a forest, and there are these two women behind me. And they're talking very loudly as they're running. And I was like, okay, well, they could be a little bit quieter. But anyways. Well, I they took... could run a little bit harder if they can talk that much. Right. So it was loud enough where I took note of them. So I get through the forest, and I'm starting to run through this absolutely gorgeous field. And I'm completely entranced by the flowers that are in the field. And I'm thinking, wow, this would be a great place to have a photo shoot. I wonder if I can do that here. When all of a sudden, the people that were actually quite far behind me in the forest and we're still in the forest when I got into the field, are suddenly way in front of me in the middle of this field. And I'm like, how the hell did this happen? And I look, and I could actually see the path cut through the field, because the field was very thick with vegetation. They had cut through the field to cut in front of me. I have never been more angry in my life when I finished a race. So angry. And their scores were allowed to stand. I just, I can't handle it. I can't. It makes me so, so very angry. Take a sip, Jessica. Yeah. All right, so cheaters suck. What what else? Any other pet peeves? Yes. Uh, Failure to meet past performance and expectations. So I, every year for what, the past... Three years? I don't know. I think. We there's a lot of races. When we find a race we like, we kinda we go back. Yeah. But this until you screw us over and then we won't back. This specific race, I think I've done it, I did it for three years in a row. Um it's a little bit up north. It's close to a restaurant I like to go to. Um the the it's a I always did the aqua bike version of it, but there is a full triathlon if you want to do that. But it, it's catered well, they specifically. Well, they had sprint. They had Olympic. Yeah, they had and, all kinds of things. Yeah. But it's catered specifically for women, and so it's got this very specifically. It's exclusively right. for women. So it's got this very empowering, very like yeah, we're all gonna do this because we're amazing and we can and we train and this is gonna be so much fun vibe to it, and it's it really is great, and it was always extremely well run. The staff was always very friendly, very outgoing. Um, they could answer any question I threw at them and I, I can give some doozy questions. Um, just everything about it was great. The finisher medals were amazing. Um, there was a playground near trans. There was a single transition point for all legs of the race. The start and the finish were near each other. And there's a playground right there for all the dads to keep the kids busy while they sat there and the dads were looking at each other going, where is your mother? Yeah. But it it really was just my absolute favorite one. That and the course was wonderful. It's uh, most well. What makes it wonderful? The courses are really well marked out, and there are no discrepancies in um, length. What's the word I want? I have distance. No there are no discrepancies in the distance. So, like, if the swimming portion says it's going to be five hundred meters, it is absolutely going to be five hundred meters. I believe the phrase is nuts on, but. I knew what to expect with this race. We're well into the old-fashioned at this point. Indeed. Yeah. Bloody Mary. Um, last year, I went, and everything was messed up. The distances for the different events didn't match what they had advertised. There were not as many volunteers. There weren't as many staff available to answer questions. They didn't post the race map until, I think, 15 minutes before we were supposed to meet down on the beach before we swam. And that was very anxiety-inducing to me because I wanted to know exactly what I was going to be doing that day. But the part that really made me angry was 
that I, I actually had my best time for an aqua bike during that race and I knew it and I was so excited to see it printed and posted on the time sheets. And so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting forever. And the lady finally came to post the scores. And I get up there and my name is not there. And this person that I know that I finished well ahead of was in first place. And I was like, what? How can that be? So I sort of flipped out. And I went and I um F bombs were dropped. There there were. It was it was not a good time. I went and I knocked on the door to the score he- keeper's uh, trailer. I said, hi, I finished the race. I turned my thing in. I got my medal. My score is not on this list. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll fix it. And so she printed off another sheet. I'm pretty sure you were also presenting her with data off your cell phone where you track with your apps. Going, no, Here's- not the first time. Okay. But you're like, so- uh, one of the times you're like, I've got data. Right. So she prints off the list again and she goes and she posts it and I still wasn't on it. So I went right back and I was like, look, I have on my phone that I finished the race and you can see my times right here and you can see that I went around the whole thing. So I need my name to be on that list. And so she's like, okay, we'll fix it. Don't worry. Don't worry. And they printed it off again. And this time my time was on there, but it was attributed to a completely other person with a very different number than the one that was on my arm. So I went back again and she was so confused and she was so like, well, I just don't know what's happening. These are the names that I have and these are the numbers that I have and these are the times and you're just not on here. I was like, well, that's completely unacceptable. I need for this to be in writing because, and I explained to her why. So we finally, finally got it sorted out two hours later, but it got printed and I got to have my picture next to it where I pointed at my score because I came in first place in that one. And I was very excited about that. I won't be going back to that race again this summer. And not because of COVID, but because they, I was so angry about this situation that it has ruined the whole thing for me at this point in time. Maybe in the future when kid number one is old enough and strong enough to do it, I'll go and do it with her. But this was completely ridiculous. Standing back because I couldn't get into the corral area where you had to go talk to the scorekeepers but even at the distance i was behind the fence they weren't overly nice about it either no they weren't that was very off-putting and they put the the emphasis on the athlete to show that there was problems and even when you're showing data then it became well we're going to blame the volunteers it's like obviously something's wrong with the registration and the organization and the output of your data and really what it came to was somebody who didn't even show up that day was bumping everybody down one row on the results. Yeah. And because your last name started with a T, you got bumped off the end. Yep, it was a special time. Yay. Data! Data will save you. It really will. Or kill you if you're not organized. But moving on, to keep this from getting super, super negative, (laughs) that last segment was. Sorry. Jessica, what's your out of we do a lot of timed races, but out of the ones that are for a charity or a special charitable cause, what is your favorite race? I am very fond of Alex's Duck Duck Run. Um, Tell me about Alex's okay. Duck Duck Run. That one is a local charity run. Uh, it's a five k, and there is actually a children's portion to it where there's I think a mile run. And they run it with their parents, and it's very cute. Why do you like that one? I like this one because 
um, there was, there is a family in our town and their son had a brain tumor, I believe. And uh, he really liked ducks. I believe that they created the race to raise money for juvenile cancer research. This kid, I believe, had a kind of a rare form of brain tumor and there's no cure for it. So, but anyways, he really, really liked ducks. So his parents made this run for him so they could raise money for juvenile cancer research. And he was a little guy too. He was, he was a little kid. And he made it to his first duck duck race and he got to go and see the ducks. And I think for that, we didn't live in Michigan at the time, but I read about it a lot online because I thought it was adorable. And I believe for that race, they actually dumped ducks into the river and the ducks, I think, had numbers on them. They did. That was part of the fundraiser thing with that. Yeah. Um, but the they don't do the ducks coming because it is an environmental thing. But they, the race has maintained and continued on since then. There's the, the little kid version. All the little kids who finish get a little finisher medal. That's a one mile-ish. I think it's a shot and just a little bit shy of that. Our kids have done that. And then there's the 5K, which goes along the river and along the beach, along Lake Michigan. It's a very pretty run. It's in June. Yeah. Um, but the shirts for it, which you, you know I love them, the shirts are wonderful. They have ducks all over them. And I like that the money goes to benefit cancer research. And I like that it is a very family-centered race. They have bouncy houses down there. They have face painting. There's all kinds of raffles. There's, it's just, it really is a blast. And everybody from the community always goes and supports it. And it's wonderful. I think I need to put in here too. Of all these races we're about to run through uh, and events, none of them are sponsoring us. No, no one of them have paid us to talk about them. None nope. of them. These are things we've paid out of our own pocket to go do. So they're legitimately ones we actually like. Yep. Uh, it's not even like they've comped our entry fee just because we mentioned them. It's things over the years we have paid to do. And when we bring our kids, I think it's expensive when like five or six of us show up to go do one of these yes. things. But anyway, getting that out. What's your favorite race, Marco? Uh, out of the charitable ones, probably the uh, Susan G. Komen uh, Global Race for the Cure. When we were in D.C., the company I worked for uh, used to put in a team for several years. I was the captain of that team. I'd always try to run it. I was too fat to actually run the full 5K at that point. A uh, few of them I actually pushed strollers through with either kid number two or kid number one or kid number one and two. <laughs> Did that several years. It was a sea of pink. It was great. There were um, I really enjoyed that that one. Uh, it's scenic because it's around the National Mall in D.C. They do a great job with it. One of my favorite sites to see was just a local celebrity for races there named Tuba Man. It's this guy. <gasps> Tuba man. Love playing the tuba, and he had a sousaphone too. For those of you who don't know, when you actually hear tuba, it's it's something more like a giant trumpet that sits on your lap. When you think about that thing that wraps around you in a marching band, that's a sousaphone. This guy had a sousaphone, and his wife he liked to play it. And the story goes, his wife came and said, "No, you can't play that here. Get out." So he would go to five Ks and ten Ks around the area. <laughs> Wear his thing, his giant sousaphone, which had a propeller on it and a vanity license plate that says Tuba Man on it. And as you're running and he's running slash walking with this thing, and because I was slow and fat, uh, I was run walking too. He was usually near where I was along with Stinky Santa. 
who is this old guy that looked like Santa Claus with a big white beard, and boy, did he stink a B.O. and everything else. I mean, there were, not to make fun of the homeless, but there were homeless guys and hobos that smelled way better than Stinky Santa. I know. Who had the short shorts, like the 70s and 80s, early 80s short short running shorts on. It's like, I just got to run faster. Stinky Santa's like right here with me. And I'm out. I guess I'll just walk. Oh, no. Some like 80-year-old woman just passed me. Uh, but anyway, Stinky Santa was always there. Uh, Tuba Man was there. And, of course, it's for a great cause. And it really, when it, it started kicking off and the team was looking for, uh, the company was looking for somebody to sponsor, or not sponsor, but a uh, cat for the team. One of our good friends was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that kind of helped play into the motivation to do it. Uh, I think one of the years I actually wrote um, an inspirational message to her on my arm yep. in Sharpie. Yeah. So Susan G. Komen's Global Race for the Cure in D.C. is probably my favorite charitable cause, but I will run and participate in a lot of different events for charitable causes. What's your favorite timed race? So overall timed race? Yeah. Um, honestly, it's probably a local one. It's the 13-point wine. Half Marathon and 5K in Baroda, Michigan. It's a tiny little race. Uh, it's a lot of fun. But you know what? It's just upbeat and happy. It's a beautiful. It's usually in August. It's uh, early in the morning on a Sunday. And you go running. It's through the you know along the roads, through the vineyards of wine country in southwest Michigan. Smells awesome because the grapes are really getting ripe at that point. And if you haven't been around a vineyard in... August and September. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. The, the sun is just coming over the hills. You go and you run this race. You come in. Uh, great. Just well organized. A small team, but they do a great job organizing it. And when you cross the finish line, there's also, uh, for if you're over 21, uh, local wineries are doing free wine tastings. Their local breweries have um, beer tastings. Great awards, great participant things. The the medals have actually one year they weren't even metal; they were uh, engraved wood. Yeah, those are really cool. Those are pretty sweet. Uh, glasses. I've got a, quite a collection of the self-absorbent uh, coasters, which you actually were the awards for several years. A lot of fun. Close behind that is the Big Ten Networks Big Ten K and Five K in Chicago. The reason why I came in second is the some years they organize it very well and execute it very well. Other years they don't. The the race I was talking about with issues with race etiquette and enforcing that or even talking about it at the start line and policing the corrals, that was my most recent run in the Big 10K and 5K. But overall, I do enjoy that. I didn't even go to a Big Ten school. I pick a different college <laughs> to represent every year because – the race shirt for that one. And usually I'm a I'm a guy who believes you don't wear the race shirt until after you've done the race. It's just bad luck. It's bad mojo. It's not cool. Except for that one, because they want you to represent the different schools in the Big Ten Conference. I didn't go to any of the Big Ten schools, so I just pick a different school every time. Those have the best pictures. You always take selfies with the different mascots that are there, and they're always hilarious. It's my favorite when you come home from that race. Then they can flip well, I mean, it was the year that I was representing Minnesota, and I ran into Ohio State's mascot, which is Brutus, and I call him Bucky, who is the mascot of Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, they also have a nice beer selection. I think one of those years, too, that they just kept handing me different beers. They're from the local craft breweries. 
And so I, I might have been a little intoxicated too when I was talking to all the different mascots. But mm-hmm. the mascots are hilarious, and I don't care. I went to an ACC school, and my undergraduate schools are in the GLIAC and the MAC. So I don't really have a Big Ten allegiance. In fact, I only have one sibling who went to a Big Ten school. It's just fun. They have a post, uh, post-race tailgate party. There's food. It's in Chicago. Some great photos uh, with skyscrapers in the background, too, which yeah. is great. But, Jess, for you, what's your favorite, not counting the charity races, what's your favorite uh, timed race? Mine is also the 13.1 half marathon and 5K in Baroda, Michigan. Why is that? I really like the scenery for it. I like running through the vineyards. There's, um, at one point through the course, you actually run by this little, I think it's a man-made lake. It's a tiny, tiny little lake that I you run no by. Idea. It's tiny. I think you might actually turn around and then run back the other way in the parking lot of the lake. But it's always so pretty in the morning, and I love it. And I like the way that the grapes smell as we're running through the vineyard. And then I really like that they give you wine at the end of the race. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Nothing better than some wine or a local mm-hmm. beer at 8 a.m. Because yes. the race starts at like 7 or 7.30 in the morning. Well, you know, you had to get up early and get ready and dress. So you've earned it by then. You know what? It's a Sunday. So if, depending on what denomination you are, if you're <laughs> especially very Catholic, you're used to having some wine at like 9 in the morning, right? See? Yeah. It's fine. Nothing's wrong with it. Sure. We'll probably get angry mail from Catholics or something at this point. Whatever. Own it, people. Moving on. All right, you've mentioned you love the themed 5Ks and 10Ks, the fun runs, the fun, all those kind of things. What is your favorite of the themed or fun run 5Ks? Hands down, my favorite fun run ever is the color run, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be my favorite forever. I would do this race every single year. I would do it multiple times a year. And you've done it in different locations, too. Yep, different states. Different cities, it's great. I like that they throw color all over you every at every kilometer mark. They put hysterical signs up along the course. The signs are funny, and then some of the other signs are motivational, and they keep you running. There is a unicorn that dances around. It's great. Technically, I believe he is the runicorn. Whatever, it's a unicorn. Um, They have, I don't know... It's been a couple of years since we've done the color run. Well, the official color run, we do one every year with my cross-country team. Right, but the official one, they had at one point they were giving away packets of glitter at the end of the run party. And so in your, in your run bag, they would give you a packet of color. And then they had added this packet of glitter. And so you go to the after party and they do this big countdown every few minutes. And you take your packet of color and your packet of glitter and you open them up. And then when it's time, everybody throws them up at the same time. And there's this big, colorful, sparkly poof of color. And it's just, it's so amazing. And so what runner fun. doesn't love a poof right. of color? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's really fun. The dirtier you get, the better. If you come out of a color run and you're still mostly white they encourage you to wear all white during this run if you are still mostly white you need to like roll around in the ground during the party or something or just have people hit you all over the place with their bags of color they'll be more than happy to do that for you it's one of those few times where you can show up to an event dressed like everybody else and it's not embarrassing yep marco what's your favorite themed fun run 
My favorite is the Zombie Dash in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And this thing, they go all out. And you you mentioned it earlier with the makeup. They've got the local theater school company setting people up. They go out and you run. And then most of the run, and it's along the river, they close down some streets for it. It's scenic. You're on a nice closed walkway, closed streets. And most of it, the zombies are just jumping out trying to scare you. And there's a few spots where, like, you know, you're right around dusk. You have to wear a headlamp. And you've got these life strips, little strips of, like, bed sheet or something hanging off. But they're scaring you. Then you go into the areas of the feed zones. Oh, it's creepy. It's creepy. And they're jumping out. And they're a little bit more active in there. And that's when they're going for your life strips. They're not slow zombies either. They're fast. And they want to get your life strips. And most of the feed zones are, like, closed off streets with, like, these just destroyed cars that are look like post-apocalyptic it's great there's even a spot where you can clock out take a paintball gun shoot at zombies on the (laughs) range if you hit them you can get an extra life strip because they pull your life strips when you cross the finish line however many life strips you have left these little rags hanging out from you that's a minute off your time and there's awards in the different age groups but honestly it is so much fun and i've done this running it and actually doing it seriously I've also done it like with you where I got to a safe area and one of the bridges because you cross the river a few times too on these bridges where I'm just like jogging in place waiting for my wife to catch up and she's just laughing the whole way coming up because it's so awesome. Mm -hmm. It starts at dusk, goes into the night. Uh, A lot of fun. Absolutely love it. Close second would be the electric run, which we did in D.C., actually National Harbor in Maryland. Great course, great vibe. It was, I mean, it was like a rave. And they, they sent people out in waves, so you didn't, it wasn't a mass stampede. We did this, I think our babysitter canceled, so we did it with three of our four kids. We only had three at that time. We had, you had one in a single jogging stroller. I had the other two, they were all babies at that point. The other two in a double jogging stroller. And, like, they've got a guy up in a tower who's DJing it. Another one who's got one of those sweatsuits on with the the LED strips on it. So it looks like a little stick man dancing. Uh, Techno house music going. The whole core, 5K course. Lights. Different things going on. Visual stimulus everywhere. The other runners, I mean, are... I forgot how old kid number two was at that point. But he's, like, flirting with a girl that was running next to me. Might have been at the time... She had, like, the big fuzzy boots that go up to the knee. Very 1970s go-go dancer kind of thing going on. And he's, like, inviting her to ride in the stroller with him. Like, I don't know what he's going to do with kid number one and kick (laughs) her out and let the uh, 20-something that was running next to us. I don't know. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) We put a picture up on our Instagram from that run. That one was cool. Plus plenty to look at and stop. (laughs) We took so many selfies during that run. Could not run a full 5K at that point. They had a, a they had a tunnel that was just made of lights and it would it would change Several. colors. Well, based the, on the music. and the water station, all the water cups were glowing under the black lights. Yeah. But so that's a close second for me. What's your favorite triathlon or aqua bike? You know, it's not a big uh, triathlon, it, but it was fun. Uh, it was Try the Creek in Potato Creek State Park, just outside of South Bend, just south of South Bend, Indiana. You know, I don't know why I liked it so much, but the the swim was pretty much straightforward and easy. You couldn't get lost on it. The run was, or the bike was mostly flat. There were some up and downs to it, but I enjoyed that. And then the run was a trail course, and it kept it really interesting. It was a lot of ups and downs and winding through the woods. 
the atmosphere was great. Uh, the post-race celebration was great. And just everything it was well executed. I really enjoyed it. Uh, how about you? Though you've done you've done more of these than me, actually. My favorite at this point, I would say, is actually the Naperville Sprint Triathlon that I did last year, and it's exceptionally well run. It's super organized. Every possible detail that you could want to know about this comes out in emails that you get before the race even happens. They actually have a race pro that um, gives you a free clinic where he goes over every single facet of the, of this specific race, as well as he includes um, tips and tricks from other races that he's run in or coached other people to run in. And that was very fantastic. Uh, the course is relatively easy. It's a the swim part of it is actually a man-made sort of lake. They put sand inside of this swimming pool. By the way, it's a quarry because I looked a, it up for is you. Is that what it is? It's a quarry. It didn't have rocks in it. It's like <laughs> smooth just, cement. Just trust me. I think it's only three feet deep. It's a quarry with a beach access. Okay, well. They dumped a bunch of sand in it. They did, and yeah. it's actually really super. There's no fish, and there is no seaweed to get tangled up in like some of the other races, so that was good. And then the bike part of it is flat, so it was really, really easy, really smooth ride. I also liked it because I went with a good friend of mine, and we basically ran away for two days. And you all have a bunch of kids, so that must have been great. It was fantastic. We went. We had a nice car ride where we got to chat the whole way to Naperville. We checked into our hotel. We went to this before race clinic. We went to dinner. We had a drink. And then we a came. Drink? Yeah, just one drink because you don't okay. want to drink too much before a race. And then we went back to the hotel and slept and no kid was there to say, Mommy, Mommy, we need this. We need that. It was fantastic. Got up the next morning, went and did our race, had a great time, and then came back, got showered in the hotel, and then drove home. Nice. And it was a wonderful trip. The clo- My close second would be the girl's best friend in Vicksburg, Michigan. And this one was always a really well done race. The course was always marked out very, very nicely. It was pretty well organized. It was nice and flat for the bike ride. Everybody is super support- supportive. It's an all-women-only race, and so it's very empowering. It's very supportive. When you're doing the bike ride, as people, if you pass people or as people are passing you, they always say, like, really supportive things, like, keep going, you got this, you're amazing, you can you can do it. And that's very uplifting. And for me. both of those, how big were the medals? They were enormous. And that is just absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the traditional triathlon or even the aqua bike, which is just the swim, bike, cross the finish line, don't do the run for the triathlon. But for the kayak tries, the kayak tries, the kayak triathlons, the kayak bike runs, I know you haven't done nearly as many of these as I have, but what's been your favorite so far? My favorite was the Mish X in Gladstone, Michigan, and I absolutely loved this race. It was great for a couple of reasons. One of them was that we got to run away from our kids for the weekend, and I don't mean like... Just a couple of, of hours away, like we had a nice 12-hour car, car ride away from our kids. And that was fantastic. Well, we stayed in the same state, but we were in a different <clears throat> peninsula. Yes, but it was a nice little break away from our kids with a fun race thrown in. Um, 
The kayak part was very lovely. I liked the lake. It was nice and flat that day, which is great because I'm not amazing at kayaking. I like it. It's fun, but I didn't train for that part of it. So it was it was good that it was nice and flat and easy that we got to watch a beautiful sunrise come up over the lake. That was good. Um, the bike ride was basically flat, I think. I don't remember there being a lot of hills in that one. And then for the 5K, it actually went through this little park and they had just finished building like a like a, a trail, like a paved trail. And then there was a boardwalk area and then it went down by the water. And it, it was just, I don't know, it was very lovely. I liked it. Cool. What was yours, Marco? It's also the Mishex. Now, I, you know, to be fair, the Kayatries are now my favorite multi-sport event. Uh, I'm not a super fast swimmer. I actually enjoy the kayak piece more. It's less temperature sensitive. So when, you know, especially here in the Midwest and in pure Michigan, where the weather's all over the map, you know, I don't want to show up and prepare to swim in either 80 degrees or 40 degrees, depending on whether the lake turned over the night before. <laughs> I, You know, when I'm in my kayak. I can pretty much prep for that. I just enjoy them more. And out of the ones I've done, the Mishex did the best job. It was laid back. It was fun. There were people of all levels there. There were guys there with racing kayaks. There were some high-end performance recreational kayaks. There were just the standard ocean rental style kayaks. There was all types of boats. Everybody was having fun. Nobody was being, you know, a jerk about it. The staff was outstanding in terms of being helpful to everyone. They got the local cross-country team. So as you're coming in, and by the way, it's one of the longer kayak uh, routes out of the Kai Tries, at least around this area. Usually they're about a mile and a half to two miles. This was a three-mile-plus-ish kayak. You hit the beach, and as soon as you do, the local cross-country team runners are there to come splashing in and haul your kayak out of the way so the next kayakers could go and hit the beach. And you just have to go and basically get yourself out of your kayak after half hour to an hour of paddling full speed and go run up and transition, get on your bike. Loved it. They did a great job with it. Um, But the whole vibe was just outstanding. What's your favorite cycling event? You know, I have to say the Beer 30 in Southwest Michigan. I can't really pin it down to a location because it goes all over. They've got a 15-mile, 30-mile, 45-mile, and a 60-mile route. And while there's lots of long-distance bike races and bike, and this is even a race, it's just a ride, but there's lots of long-distance rides all throughout the country and around the world, this one goes to breweries, wineries, distilleries, and even a hops farm, which one of the other breweries set up a table at. You get a little a little tiny cup on it. You can <laughs> hang it around your neck, but I ended up putting it in the pouch on my bike. And you pick your route, and you go, and you go station to station. They fill up. You're supposed to just get a little sampling of beer where you stop. Yeah, some of them are like, would you like a refill? How about we get you a real glass? Or even when I hit the finish line, you're like, oh, you're back early. You know what? We have some pictures left over from when we started. I'm like, wait a minute. This thing started at 8 a.m. You guys were handing out pictures of beer. They're like, why don't you just go finish? Here's, they put a picture in front of me. and They're like, just finish that. This most recent year when I did it, uh, I had to take the shorter route because our kids had hockey. And if I wasn't at the rink when two or three, I don't remember how many were hitting the ice. 
to help you dress them, you probably would have killed me. So mm-hmm. I took a shorter route and I got back to like, did you quit? I'm like, no, I did. I just did the 15 mile route. I'm, I'm back fast. They're like, oh, I'm actually back faster than I thought I was going to be because I thought it was going to be hillier you know, and take me longer. They're like, well, here, finish this pitcher of beer. I'm like, okay. And then it was off to the ice rink, which was the mile down the road. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It's And it's got pit stops and it's scenic and you get to see everything and support local businesses. And there's beer. So I really enjoy that one. But I, I do have to say, I do look forward to the Apple Cider Century in Three Oaks, Michigan every year. That one's got numerous routes, everything from the 15-mile route to the full century, which is a 100-mile route. I have not done the full century yet. Very scenic. Uh, we're already signed up for it this year. Yes. Hopefully it won't rain like it did last year, but, you know, who knows? It could be beautiful. We've done beautiful years. We've done rainy, nasty years. As kid, long as it's not snowing. Kid number one came last year, which was kind of heartbreaking. It was her first year doing it, and it rained on us, and it was miserable. And she was a trooper through it. She signed up again this year. Hopefully it'll be great. But again, very scenic. Seeing the orchards and fields and small towns throughout southwest Michigan. And very well done. Capped at 5,000 riders. Yeah. Lovely. How about you? Mine would have to be the Race for Grace in Stevensville, Michigan. It was a a charity 5K, but they put in there that you could either run it, walk it, or bike it. And I much prefer to bike, so I did that. And kid number two and three actually biked it with me. Training wheels and all. Wow. How far did kid two go? Kid two didn't make it out of the parking lot because his tire sort of exploded. But kid three. Kid three made it. On his training wheels, he did the whole thing right there with me. It was amazing. That was that was a really, really fun day. Totally enjoyed it. And post-race, where was the finish line of that one? The finish line was at a local brewery. And... They had their frosty machine going. Slushy machine. Slushy whatever. machine, yes. Yeah. And it was delicious. And it was a super hot day that day. So it was very cool and refreshing. And it was just, it was really fun. All of our friends Alcoholic were there. Alcoholic slushies at nine in the morning are great. Was it nine in the morning? It was nine or ten. Well, I earned it. It was a hot day. You did. Yeah. Well, speaking of post race refreshments, what event uh, had the best post-race food, and I will put the caveat, at the, re- at the actual event, not like someplace we went afterwards? I would have to say that mine would be the girl's best friend, Aquabike, because they give you waffles, and they're covered in syrup, and they're amazing, and then there's fruit to go on the side, and it's so delicious, and I feel like I've earned it, and this is my reward for finishing the race and doing my best, and it's just, it's great. Okay. What? What's yours, Marco? Mine would be actually that run at Fen Valley. It was part of their uh, their spring wine festival they did. Uh, I don't even know if they still do this race. They do one in the fall every year, the the vine wine and vine or vine and wine. But I can never do it because I'm coaching cross country at the time. But that spring race we did uh, that was through the fields and the orchards and the vineyards and the woods. As soon as you cross the finish line, they knew how challenging and how painful that course was. Because as soon as you cross the finish line, it was immediately turned 90 degrees to your right. And there was a tent with beverages and breakfast burritos right there. And the burritos were outstanding. 
What was the event with the best post-race adult beverages at the event? Well, there's been many. Probably uh, the top ones for me, uh, number one, I'd have to put the 13-point wine in Baroda. They have wine tasting and beer from uh, local breweries. And actually, Watermark Brewery, which is one of my favorite breweries around here, uh, again, not sponsored by any of these events or any of these places, but I do have a mug at Watermark. Um, part of the beer club that I paid for and they didn't comp it. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, beers to have after a race. It's uh, the one they provide. Not too hoppy. I don't want something super hoppy early in the morning right after a 5K. And the wines are good too. Second would be uh, Mishex up in the UP and Gladstone. Upper Hand Brewery was their sponsor, which uh, if you're not familiar with Upper Hand Brewery, if you're, you know Bell's Brewery out of Comstock, Michigan, Kalamazoo area, mm-hmm. it's a satellite. They call it uh, Baby Bells. It's where they go and they send their interns there. Or they go and they experiment with things. That was fun. They had Bell's uh, right at the finish line. And then probably a third would be the Big 10 Network's Big 10K. In years past, they have had they always have craft beers at the finish line. Uh, if you're over 21, you kind of get slid off to the side and you pick up your beers. That one, though, came in third because it depends on which beers they pick. Uh, they've had Revolution Brewery. They've had Founders Brewery. Both very good breweries. But the selection that they pick out of what those breweries have kind of makes you wonder if they know runners. Uh, a big, super hoppy beer right after a 5K or a 10K, not my favorite choice. Uh, when they had the year they had Founders, when they had the Solid Gold, that one worked great for me. But especially with Revolution, both of the options they had were super hoppy beers. And while I do enjoy a hoppy beer, not after a run. So I would break them down uh, in that order for my top three. 13-point wine first, Mishek second, and then Big 10K, depending on who they're picking that year. Awesome. How about you? My favorite would have to be the Fen Valley 5K because they had mimosas, they had cider, and they had wine at the end of it, and it was all right there, ready to go. Right at the finish line. Right at the finish line. It was right there. It was amazing. And it was almost like those workers knew how miserable that course is. <laughs> and I mean that in a, a good way. Like, it is a challenging course. Yes. But they all had were very friendly and very forgiving of everyone who was crossing the finish line was pretty much brain dead yep. from just exhaustion. They're like, oh, you poor souls. Here, have some nourishment in the form of a mimosa. Mimosa. Who doesn't love mimosas? They're great. They are great. How about this? Which event had the best post-race party right there at the event? This one is a tie for me between the color run and the electric run. Why is that? The color run gives you a packet of color and sometimes a packet of glitter. And then there's a DJ and there's loud music and there's dancing and everybody's super excited because they just finished this race and the runicorn is dancing around and you've got your big gold finishers medal and you're just so excited to have finished this super fun thing and then every 15 minutes you take your packet of color and you throw it up in a giant colorful poof of a cloud and it's just it's the best it really is and then the electric run at the finish was just like a giant rave because you've already got the glow sticks and you've got the people with the flashing lights all over their outfits and 
everything and it's it's there's a dj and there's dancing and you're just you're so pumped up from finishing it and you've had such a good time that the vibe there is just amazing for me uh i you know the color run and electric run are really cut from the same cloth uh, color runs usually a daytime thing electric runs at nighttime and it's really day and night of the same thing Lecture run, there was less cleanup to do. Color run, when we would drive through D.C., uh, when we do them there, and even when we've done them in Michigan, and even Indiana, we've oh, really done those everywhere. We got the car covered in plastic. We got the baby weights out. It looks like <laughs> Dexter's Kill Room from the yep. old Showtime show. In our vehicle, there's been times where the cops have looked over at us and just shook their head, and we kept on going. It's like, yeah, ignore my blue face. I look like I'm out of Braveheart. <laughs> but the, you're right. The vibe is amazing at those for those uh, post-race parties. I love them. I actually like the electric run a little bit more than color run because it was at night, and it was, I don't know, it did have that rave feel because of all the black lights and glowing everything. But I also would include the Big Ten Network's Big 10K because it's got a tailgate feel, because they really are kicking off their football season. Most of the mascots are there from the Big Ten schools. They've got all sorts of events. The Most of the booster organizations have swag tents up, giving out things. Although last year I uh, represented Minnesota, and their alumni association didn't show up. Nebraska took pity on me, so did Penn State and a few other schools who gave me Rutgers. Gave me swag because they're like, oh, you're representing Minnesota? We noticed that their tent's empty. Aww. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm going, well, I don't know. I went to Florida State. (laughs) 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 But all of those, uh, a lot of post-race fun. And I think pretty much a big thing with it is the music, too. Yeah. What is your favorite post-race restaurant? I'd have to say going to Founders Brewery in Grand Rapids, Michigan is a favorite. Anytime we're near Grand Rapids, and I I use that loosely, we're within a half hour, hour of Grand Rapids. I want to stop there. Even when we came back from the UP doing the Mishex, we we swung through and we made sure our trip went by Grand Rapids so we could go to Founders. Not only did they have great beer... The food is great. Their menu is amazing. Hey, you know, if we're doing cross-country or track near Grand Rapids, and especially if it's a one-way trip where the parents have to pick up their kids, and so we're free yep. from student-athletes, I want to go there. Now, if I have student-athletes, I am not going to, you know, founders. Nope. Nothing against them. I just don't want to be responsible for that sort of thing. But if we're free from that responsibility, uh, a lot of times after the state finals in Michigan, which are in the Grand Rapids region, Parents take their state state qualifier home after they've competed. Like, great, I'm going with my wife, and we're going. Or sometimes kid number one's been with us too. It's like, and we're going to lunch at lunch, early dinner at Founders. Uh, a second, and this was the Mishex thing, the Freshwater Tavern at up in Gladstone. First off, it's about a hundred yards from the finish line. Yes, the food was great. I mean this. And maybe we're skewed a little bit because it's only 100 meters from the uh, the finish line. But they had, you know, you go to a lot of places and they have wine flights or beer flights. This place had margarita flights. And they were so good. And the food was great. And if you really want to indulge, they didn't stop the flights with the margaritas or the beers. They had butter flights. I've never seen a butter flight before. But wow. And the food was very good. But I might have just been starving because I finished a Kai Tri. No, we ate there at least twice. That it was wonderful. True. Jess, what about you? Post-race food at a restaurant. Bilbo's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, 
Bilbo's. Bilbo's has wonderful deep dish pizza. Is it deep dish? It's if you of, order the deep dish. Yeah. It's great. It's so delicious. And the cheesy sticks. And we've been, yeah, those are good too. We've been eating there since we were undergrads and attending Western. And so there's well, a nice, I've been eating there before since I had a sister who went to Western too. Okay, well, I didn't. So I didn't know about it until I went to Western. But the pizza is really good, but there's also a nostalgia factor for it because it's in Kalamazoo where we went to school and we like to drive the kids around and show them, oh, this is where we went to school and this is where we went shopping and this is where we used to live and this is where so-and-so lived and we used to go here for fun and all that good Meanwhile, stuff. Meanwhile, you go past the old your old, old dorm and like, oh, this is where mommy used to live. The kids are rolling up the window going, drive faster, let's just get out of here. <laughs> no, but Bilbo's has amazing pizza. So good. We were coming back from our race in Lansing, Michigan once, heading back to Southwest Michigan, and we ended up calling up Bilbo's. Hey, what time do you close? And so we actually hit Bilbo's at like 12.15 in the morning, pulled in, got pizza because they were open to 2 a.m., still serving. Like, how long are you serving food? Till 2. Great. That pizza has never tasted better. I remember that day. We fin- yeah, but we finished that race in Lansing, and we hit Bilbo's, and we're just like, you know what? My parents are watching the kids. We we're, we can be out all night. What's your favorite race tip? Well, I'm a coach, so I've got all sorts of race <laughs> tips. But uh, from one adult to another, uh, mine would be for destination races. If you're heading home the same day, so this would be a destination race that you took a train or drove to. If you're heading home the same day, ask for a late checkout so that you can shower in an actual hotel room before leaving. You don't have to use public showers or something at the park or something where you've got one of those big water-filled bags hanging from a tree trying to shower. Get the late checkout so you can use a hotel room and shower and then head home. How about you? Make your husband drive. (laughs) And I will tell you why. Yes, why, Jessica? Getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go do an aqua bike or a triathlon sucks. Have your husband drive you. Bikes are heavy. If your husband drives you, he can take the bike off of the car for you. If your husband drives you, you're probably bringing your kids, and then he can watch the kids while you race and be awesome. Once you're finished with the race, have your husband drive you because you're going to be super tired. Also, he'll take you to get really yummy food. Have your husband drive you. It's amazing. Nice one, Jess. (laughs) All right. This is my final one. Overall, what race are you or were you most looking forward to in 2020? I am still looking forward to doing the Naperville Sprint Triathlon this year. I'm signed up to do the full try. It'll be my first full standard triathlon. Um, It hasn't been canceled yet, so I'm still looking forward to it. I'm still training for it. Still got all my fingers and toes crossed in the hopes that it happens. I was looking forward to doing the Mishex Kai Triathlon, but that one has been canceled due to COVID. So now I'm signed up for 2021, and I'm looking forward to it. How about you, Marco? What are you looking forward to? Well, with Kai Tri as being my favorite, uh, and having loved the event so much uh, last year when we did I was most looking forward to the Mishex in Gladstone, Michigan. That has, well, you said canceled. It's officially postponed, but till next year, whatever. It's not happening in 2020 now. We've canceled our hotel reservation. 
we are we rolled over our, our registration to 2021, which again is kind of fits in with how we feel about what is a good, uh, well-run, well-organized race versus a poorly one done one. They didn't just go well, tough, can't happen. Uh, they gave you the option of you could get a refund or you could roll over your registration. We, of course, rolled it over because we enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I immediately went around and canceled the ho- hotel reservation for this year and got a hotel reservation for next year. So I'm really bummed about it because uh, when I go to a Kai try, some of these, it's just they're like going through the motions for the kayakers. and like, oh, aren't you cute? You're, you know going to go kayak bike run i want to actually kayak i want to go a significant distance i don't want to do a mile and a half kayak give me a three plus mile kayak out in lake michigan but the nice part too is it's in betanak little betanak up in uh off of lake michigan so that keeps it sheltered and under control so you don't get the crazy huge rolling waves so especially since we're signing up so far in advance you don't know what the weather's going to do but Mm -hmm. The bay usually has pretty uh, mild wave action going on. Was well run, excited to go back to it, even though it's a long hike for us. Uh, It's a break from the kids. The bike ride was fun. I want to beat my time on that. And then the run is on a recreational trail they have right next to the water. Guardrail protecting you from traffic. Relatively flat. Uh, And again, nice beer at the finish line. So has all the pieces I like and a awesome restaurant 100 meters from the finish line. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. I'm very much looking forward to it in 2021 when it roll, happens again. Let's knock this corona thing out, though, and make sure there's no more interruptions to the race schedule. Yes. Aside from that, uh, unlike some of the summers where we've got a race every weekend or a race every other weekend or at least uh, one race a month, really... Don't have too much that we're signed up for this summer because everything's getting delayed, postponed, canceled, and it's hard to sign up for things right now. Mm-hmm. Yay, the Rona. The Rona. So one of these days we're going to throw a podcast where we don't have to talk about the Rona. That'll be a great day. But for now, that's what I've got on uh, running through a few of our favorite things in terms of races. Yay! up our 10th episode of the red arrow health and wellness podcast it's been fun jessica loads of fun marco until next time bye bye